Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Good morning. So yeah, like I said before, my name is Andy, one of the elders of Arena Church. And we, we, love, we love the Bible at Arena Church. We love the music. Uh, we love the kids. We love the, the youth. We also love the word. And, and it's just my privilege to share it this morning. Um, I'm going to dip into a book, and you can see on the screen that when you do your daily readings and you reach this book, it's like, oh no, it's Chronicles, it looks like a big list of names. You can read about four or five chapters, and it's just like names after names. But also in Chronicles are some fantastic stories. Now, the Chronicles is pretty much like a newspaper, really. It's just a, a list of stories and events that happened, uh, and some of these stories you can find elsewhere in the Bible too. And I'm going to just uh, look for a few minutes this morning at um, a great king in the Bible called Hezekiah. Um, great name, um, and also to some people maybe little known, but Hezekiah had a real impact on the people he was taking care of. So my title this morning, as you can see, is from 2 Chronicles 32 verse 7, where Hezekiah says to his people, be strong and courageous. Now, I know you've been, obviously, you've heard about dangerous distractions. We've got a new series starting next week. But this week, I'm just going to encourage you to be strong and courageous. You'll also see this um, story in the book of Isaiah, chapter 36 and 37. Now, Hezekiah came in as king, part of the Old Testament. He came in as king at a point where his father hadn't really followed God's commands. His father, Ahaz, had just walked way away from where God wanted to be. But Hezekiah said, right... That's not the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to set some new things in place and get back to where we started. In fact, his legacy is listed in Chronicles. It says Hezekiah is known for doing what was good and right and faithful in everything that took. He sought his God and worked wholeheartedly, and so he prospered. What a legacy. Okay? Well, I wish... You know, if, if I had someone right on my, on my tombstone when I finally do go, that everything I did prospered because I was faithful. I can't think of any better epitaph than Jesus saying to me, well done, good and faithful servant. But here Hezekiah is well known for doing good. And um, he did lots of things in the kingdom. He turned things around. But then one day, he was invaded. The country was invaded by the Assyrians. Now, if you know your Bible, you remember the story of Jonah and Nineveh. Well, that's where the Assyrians came from, over there. And they were a pretty wild bunch. They weren't very nice people to know. They were into pagan worship, um, all that sort of nasty stuff in the Old Testament. And they decided they were going to wipe out Judah, the kingdom that Hezekiah was in control of. So they turn up. In fact, they they were so sure of their victory over Judah that the king didn't even turn up himself. He sent one of, his, um, uh, one of his ambassadors to go and speak to the king. So they surrounded the towns. So Hezekiah said to his people, be strong and courageous. Now, if you read the Bible, you'll find these words very, very often. You'll find the words, be strong, be courageous. You'll, you'll see the phrase, fear not, do not be afraid, so many times. And if it's written so many times, I'm starting to think, why is the Bible saying, be strong, and courageous. I think it's because often we are neither. I think it's because often we are one but not the other. So Hezekiah stays here in this passage, be strong and courageous. Now you've got a, a great big army. There were hundreds of thousands of soldiers occupying the land, surrounding the towns, and I think it's fair enough that some people were quite afraid. 
I think that's fair enough in a situation. But Hezekiah stood up and said, be strong and courageous. So this morning, all I'm going to do is unpack a few things about being strong. I'm going to pack a few things about being courageous and then see what happens at the end of the story for those people. Now, some people see strong as being maybe someone muscle-bound, you know, pretty much like myself. <laughs> Thank you, Lindsay, for that uh, endorsement there. Some people think being strong is about the person with the loudest voice. The person who's willing to stand at the front of class or even on the platform, that is strength to some people. Somebody who appears to be not afraid, somebody who can just stand tall. But it's not always the case, is it? How often do we feel just beaten up? How often do we realise actually being first in the queue isn't what it's cracked up to be? Do you know when I'm in a canteen in a hospital, I make sure I'm not first in the queue. I make sure I'm towards the end because I get the bigger portions. <laughs> so my secret is out to this, this uh, physique is uh, wait till you're further down the queue for the bigger portions. But of course, the reason I'm bringing that this morning with Hezekiah is because he had some things he knew he'd done that could make him say, be strong. You see, if you look in Chronicles just earlier on, there's, there's three or four things that... Um, that Hezekiah did. Just this week, I've been on holiday. I've been down in, uh, in Dartmouth, which is a lovely little village, town. Uh, and we walked into this fort. And of course, the whole word fort is obviously coming from the French word, um, which is derived from Latin, meaning strength. A fort is a place where you can hold out. A fort is where you can be strong against invaders. And that's where we get the word force from. That's where we get the word fortitude from. So strength is really, really important. The Bible says in Proverbs that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. So strength is about digging in. Strength is about standing firm. Strength is about being immovable. But here Hezekiah takes the time to say to his people, be strong. Why is that? Because sometimes we're not. I was uh, just catching up with John T about his regime. I'm not going to pick on John T because I know how shy and retiring he is and not really comfortable with the limelight and all that. But of course, in, in, doing, his, in doing his Iron Man, he's needed to eat the right things. He's also needed to have the right disciplines. He's also needed to make some changes in his life. His wife, on the other hand, is pregnant. So her nutrition requirements are completely different. I understand it's nectarines and yogurt. So ladies, if you've had cravings for some seriously crazy things, I think Kim is setting the bar quite high at nectarines and yogurt. We're extremely healthy, I've got to say. I think for Louise it was salt vinegar crisps and rich tea biscuits. But there we go. Not at the same time, although that's not unheard of. So it's about being strong and immovable. You see, Hezekiah had some lessons he could teach us about being strong. Earlier in, in Chronicles, he cleansed the temple. He restored temple worship. He kept the Passover and he initiated reforms. Now, why is that important? Well, like I said, his father was pretty wicked. His father had turned long, a long way from God and used the temples for idol worship. So the whole thing needed a detox John T. also confessed that having after Iron Man, he then got cravings for all the stuff he hadn't been eating because he was a good boy in training. Isn't that true? Sometimes our Christian lives, we can just take in stuff that is not good for us and we need to do a detox. Now, I've heard this word detox in relation to diet. Now, I've, I've worked it out, okay? Coffee is a natural substance. 
I'm fine with coffee doing detox. And, of course, curry spices, they're all natural. So I, of course, am constantly detoxed because I drink a lot of coffee and eat a lot of curry. Um, the name is Mr. Madras uh, to you guys, if you are what you eat, of course. So we cleanse the temple. Really, really important that when, if we're going to stand strong, We've just got to get rid of some clutter. We've got to get rid of distraction. We've got to clean out the rubbish. We've got to get a brush. And we've got to sweep the place clean. Because then we can fill it with the right stuff. And the, uh, the incense and, and, the, uh, and the sacrifices were reinstituted into the temple. Because that's what Hezekiah wants to do. Let's go back. Let's go back to what God told us is good and is nutritious. Let's go back to the things that make us strong. So it's right nutrients, eating well and clear the rubbish. He, he restored temple worship. In Romans it says, present yourself as a living sacrifice because that is your acceptable worship. It's not about singing songs. It's not about turning up at church even. It's present yourself as a living sacrifice because that is your acceptable worship to God. That's discipline. That's setting the right motivation. That's getting the right place before God. So, yeah, okay, get rid of the rubbish. But it's no good just having an empty room. It's no just having a, good having a detox if then afterwards you push back in everything you'd pushed out in the first place. So restoring temple worship. The other thing he did to, to, to stay strong, he kept the Passover. Now, why was that important? To the, to the children of Israel, to the, Jude, to the Jews, that story of when God rescued them from Egypt... He sent the angel of death to Egypt. And the firstborn and every family died apart from if you had the blood of a pure lamb spread over your doorpost. Then the angel passed over. That's what it's all about, Passover. And if you look at various languages now, Easter is Pasha or Pasha because it's that Passover of the angel of death. So Hezekiah remembered what God had done. Hezekiah remembered the great victories God had won. Hezekiah remembered the day that God set him free. And this morning, I want to encourage you. If you're going to be strong, you need to remember the day God set you free. Because that's where it all starts. We're talking about the guys from Morton Castle. That's the day God set them free. That's the day they started walking on this journey with Christ. It's about staying strong. And that's why remembering the Passover was so important for Hezekiah. And also, Chronicles tells us he initiated reforms. What's initiating reforms? It's like, let's start the way we mean to continue. Now, some of us, when we're trying to be strong and be courageous, actually, we never start. Or we think to ourselves, actually, that, that road's too steep. I'm just going to stay where I am. Actually, that road's too difficult. It just, I can't move. It, immovable becomes a negative rather than the positive. But Hezekiah initiated reform, saying, right, we're going to start the way we mean to go on. This morning, let me encourage you. Whatever you've done this week, or this month, or this year, or throughout your life, today, right now, you can start the way you mean to go on. Because God is a God of second chances. God is a God of starting all over again. God is a God of revival. Revival means to revive, to bring back to life that what once had life, but you've let it die. And God says, look, I want to do it again. I want to do it again. I want to do it again. Let's start the way we mean to go on. I think John T. would agree with me that if he was eating all the right food or the meat or the pasta, if he wasn't exercising, if he wasn't running, 
if he wasn't swimming, then he'd probably get a physique like this. Because I eat lots of meat. I eat lots of pasta. Go figure. Go figure. Although, I think, where's, where's Elliot? I do remember beating the young buck in an arm wrestling a couple of, year, couple of years ago. Although, I did rig the game. Because I was there first, so I put my left arm up. Okay, so no chance after that. Although, I don't want to rematch wherever he is. You can stay, stay there, Elliot. It's fine. So if things aren't changing your life, you just need to check those disciplines. Get the right nutrients. And I believe in the Arena Church, we are being fed good food every single week. Whether you're in Mansfield or Ilkeston or Beth Shan, it's good food. It's good food. But the, the reason we take in food is we allow the nutrients to metabolize. We now allow those nutrients to work out they're good in us. So Kim with her nectarines and yogurt, it's good stuff going in. It's good stuff. It's going to do her good. And I'm, I'm telling you, you guys get good food every week, week in, week out, but it should be doing you good. But more than that, it should be energizing you because that's what metabolism is. Metabolism is, re- metabolism is releasing the energy from the food that you eat. So how good is your metabolism this morning? Not about the food you've had, but about the spiritual stuff that's going in. How good is your metabolism? Maybe you're, maybe you're strong enough, but are you courageous enough? You see, I read the Bible and I see, see the story of Samson. He was a really strong guy. He was exceptionally strong. But he was not courageous. Because he allowed the little foxes in that spore the vines, as the Bible says. He allowed the little things in to undermine his principles. He allowed his foundations to be broken up because he was strong, but he wasn't courageous. There's another story in the Bible of a lady in the New Testament. She'd been bleeding for 12 years. She was not strong physically. But boy, was she courageous because she decided she was going to push through that crowd and touch the hem of Jesus' garment. Not strong, but courageous. See, I think there's a difference. Hezekiah said, be strong and courageous. They are two different things. You can be strong, but sometimes you can let fear come in. And where does fear come from? Fear comes from sin. The very first conversation we see recorded in the Bible is God saying to Adam in the Garden of Eden, where are you? And Adam was hiding. Why was he hiding? He said, because I was afraid. Why was he afraid? Because he, and that's the first thing that sin does. It causes you to be afraid. It causes you to look down. It causes you to hide. That's why so many things in the Bible are called doing things in darkness. It's doing things you don't want other people to see because you want to hide away because of fear of the light exposing it. And that's what Adam had in the Garden of Eden. This is the difference between courageous and strong. What about you this morning? Are you strong enough? Are you courageous enough? Courage is something completely different. You see, these Assyrians surrounded the towns. Hezekiah said, be strong and courageous. Why do they need to be courageous? Because the king of Assyria sent a message. And it wasn't a very polite message. He didn't say, dear Jews... I think it would be a good idea if you vacate your homes and come with us because we have a much better life in Nineveh. No, far from it. Instead, he flung every insult and every swear word he could. He even, the Bible tells us, he even spoke to them in Hebrew. He'd learnt Hebrew just the occasion so he could speak to the guys and let the full impact of his words take hold Of course, what happens is when people are attacked verbally, the courage 
starts to slip away. Those foundations start to crumble. It's a distraction. It's a dangerous distraction. The enemy can start speaking to us. How many times have you been doing something great and suddenly you get a voice in your ear? You, somebody will say something. You might even be a Christian saying something to you. When we first launched into Mansfield, we had people doing this at us all the time. Christians even, saying Mansfield would not work. It would not be a success. See, they were te- our courage was being tested. Our courage was being tested. And this king of Assyria, his name was Sennacherib, um, try saying that with a mouthful of marshmallows. <laughs> Won't happen. He did exactly the same thing Goliath did. Do you remember the story of Goliath, David and Goliath? Yeah. When Goliath saw David, he flung every insult he could at him. He cursed him by all of his gods. He was actually summoning up demonic powers to have dominion over David, to frighten David, to make David lose his what? His courage. Because in comparison to Goliath, David didn't look strong. Didn't. He didn't look strong. And Goliath did all he could to dissuade his courage. And this is what this, this king did. And here's some of the things he said. And I'm, I'm going to just read out, you know, in modern English, what he said. And see if you can have some echoes of things you've heard in your life. He said to them, on what are you basing your confidence? That's basically saying, you don't believe in all that, do you? How many people have heard that over the, the past few weeks, months, or years? Do you really believe Hezekiah? That's just saying, you know, God's promises, yeah, don't mean nothing. Do you really believe your God will save you? It's just make-believe, isn't it? Have you heard that before? I have. Hezekiah is misleading you by removing the altars. You can't trust these preachers. They're all crooked. They're all on telly, wanting the money. They're all paedophiles you know, in the background. You can't see them. I've heard that. I've heard that on numerous occasions, those accusations. Do you know what we did to the others? In other words, your God is no match. Whatever you think you believe in, it's nowhere near strong enough. Others have tried and failed. Their gods were powerless, and so is yours. You're just praying into thin air. Who's ever heard that one? You're just, there's nothing there, really. You're praying into thin air. Nothing can match my power. It's time to switch sides. You've backed the wrong horse. There's nothing to this God stuff. There's nothing to the Bible stuff. You've got the wrong point. And your God is not going to come through for you. Your situation is hopeless. Give it up. And there are many of us in this room throughout our lives who've heard those words from the enemy. Your situation is hopeless. Just pack it all in. Ditch God. He's failed you. Move on. Jog on. You don't need God. He's no good for you. But we know... To be strong and courageous. You know, Goliath tried it on David. Sennacherib tried it on Hezekiah. You know, I love, out of all movies, in particular, my favourite sort of movies are knights. All right? I, I love the, the legends of stuff like Ivanhoe, or like Robin Hood, of course. You've got, the, got all the... King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, those guys were full of courage, weren't they? They never ran away, did the Adam? They never said run away. They were full of courage, courage apart from brave Sir Robin, of course. But I love that. A knight was known, and that's what his qualification was, the Round Table, for being courageous. About not just being strong and skillful, but also being courageous. Winston Churchill um, knew a little bit about courage. He says success is not final. And failure is not fatal. 
It's the courage to continue that counts. Nelson Mandela. Courage is not the absence of fear, but triumph over it. Courage isn't having the strength to go on, says Napoleon. It is going on when you don't have the strength. And this quote really struck me. A ship is safe in harbour, but that's not what ships are for. A ship is safe in harbour, that's not what ships are for. You know, a ship's destiny, a ship's design is that it doesn't sit in harbour, it goes out to sea. When I was in Dartmouth just last week, I was uh, near the mouth of the bay, and the tide was changing, so the mouth of the bay was really choppy. Okay. Now the harbour's lovely, it's peaceful, lots of boats, no masts, no sails unfilled, no engines going, just sat there nice and calmly. But across the mouth of the bay was this yacht, and he was doing that, and he, who likes sailing? He was doing that, and he was doing that. Louise was going green, and she was on land with me. But that's what a ship's designed for, is to head out into the sea. That's his destiny. Well, what's your destiny this morning? Even if you've yet to discover that journey with Christ, I'm going to show you what your destiny is. Because the Bible tells us we're called to be stronger and more courageous. We're called to be more alive than dead. You're called to be an asset, not just a commodity. You're called to not live in failure, but in triumph. This is all in the Bible. This is what Jesus has planned for you. You're called to stand your ground, but also you're called to take ground. We're not called to settle, we're called to advance. We're not called just to defend, but also to attack. We're not called, we are called to be uncomfortable with compromise. We're called to be angry at evil. Who gets mad when they see the news, when they see the absolute atrocities? I do. I get mad every single time when I see it. Be angry at evil. You're called to rescue the lost. You're called to restore prodigals. You're called to have growth in yourself. You're called to strengthen others. You are called to recover the wounded. You are called to revive the dying. All of us this morning, together, we're all called to be courageous. It's about that next step. He said, can a brave man be courageous even when afraid? But when you're afraid, that's the only time you can be courageous. You see, there's no courage required in wrapping yourself in your duvet. That's easy. Yesterday morning, I'd, I'd driven on Friday for about seven hours from the south and I knew I had to prepare for today, and I woke up, you know, I thought, do you know what, I could have another hour here, my bed was lovely, nice quilt, I could roll over, but no, that wasn't required. What was required? That I get up and start preparing for today, because that, that took courage. Okay, let's leave the bed behind, let's move on. It's no, no courage required into standing still and doing nothing, none at all. But suddenly when you're faced with the enemy who's doing this in your ear, yib, 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 all the time that you know you need courage. And maybe this morning you don't feel strong. Maybe this morning you don't feel courageous. But I'm here to encourage you. Encourage. What does encourage mean? To give courage to. You see, we're called, get this, to be more than we are. I don't care how long you've been a Christian, whether it's one minute or 56 years or longer, we're all called to be more than we are. God never stops working on us. God never stops the improvement. God never stops chipping away at things that need to be away. And this morning, I said a few things, and around the room, there's lights going on in here. You're going, yeah, that's me. I just need to chip away. I need to chip away. I need to shave those things off. I need to hone it, because that's what God has got for me. The end of the story is great. 
Because that verse, I only quoted half of it. Hezekiah says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed before this king, nor before all the multitudes with him, for there are more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. Wow. That is fantastic. In the New Living Translation, there is power far greater on our side. He may have a great army, but they are merely men. We have the Lord, our God, to help us. You know, are you feeling too weak to lift someone this morning? Ask somebody who's stronger. Do you need an arm up, up the stairs this morning? Ask somebody who's steadier. Are you still learning? Do you want to learn more? Ask somebody with more experience. That's being courageous. That's being strong because there are more for us than against. I want to do a little experiment here. Okay, Maybe you're feeling a bit not courageous this morning, a bit timid. Maybe you're feeling not strong. Can you stand up? Just stand up for me. If you are a small group leader, please. Small group leaders, stand up. Any small group leaders? Any team leaders? Can you stand up, please? Anybody? Any team leaders? Anybody who runs a team or is head of a team? Stand up. Now, just look around you. There's people stood up all over the room. You might say, I'm in this by myself. Well, actually, there's already people. Because Arena Church has said, actually, these guys are a little bit stronger. You can, you can look to these. We've got pastors. We've got... So you can sit down again. That's great. Thank you very much. Experiment done. There are people around us who we can go to, who we can run to. Not just the Bible. God has sent his armies. And I'm part of that army this morning. Are you part of the army this morning? There's somebody weaker next to you? Give them an arm. Give them a hand up. It's fantastic. It's not just this one story. See, God sent an angel. And Isaiah tells us there's about 185,000 soldiers killed on one night. That is a seriously big army. Hezekiah and his people didn't need to lift a finger, but God did it. Look through the Bible, it happens time and time again in Jehoshaphat. God said, stand still and see my salvation. David said to Goliath, you come up with a sword and a spear. What do I come with? Name of the Lord God of hosts, who you have defied, and today you are bird feed. You've had it. Your day's gone. You might be big and tall. You might have a big stalk. Spear and a big sword and a huge shield. I'll tell you what, you're going down. Because you are not against me, you're against him who made me. And this morning, that's what you're up against. You're up against something that's much smaller, something that's much more insignificant. Whatever your situation is, it is tiny and minuscule because the Bible says there are more for us than against us. Elisha's servant was afraid because we were surrounded. And Elisha said to God, open his eyes. And the Bible says he saw chariots of fire all the way around. Nothing to fear. Why? Because there are more for us than are against us. Happens time and time again. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. That's a certainty. Jesus said it. It's going to happen. You're going to have trouble. But take heart. In other words, be strong, be courageous, because I have overcome the world. Our, our example today it's not just David and Jehoshaphat and Hezekiah. The best example we have is Jesus because he stood up against the very might of hell itself. All hell literally broke loose on that day when Jesus spread his arms wide and said, it's finished. It is finished. 
everything, every stone, every spear, every fiery dart on Jesus that day, he has overcome the world. You see, we're not alone. We have an enemy who wants to pull us down. I think that's, that's certain. As much as I believe in the concept of, of Jesus, the real person, of God and the Holy Spirit, I also believe there's an enemy called Satan. And his job is just to undermine you, to defeat you, to make you crumble, to make you fall. But Jesus says, I've overcome the world. And Ephesians says, having done all then, put on the whole armor of God, and having done all, just stand. This morning, you might not feel strong, but God says you are. You might not feel courageous, but God says you are. But all do I need to do? Just let God do it. Let God do it this morning. Just where you are, where you sat, whatever your situation, you know that God needs to do work in your life.